0: Hey y'all, welcome to Well, Well, Well by LRH Wellness. I'm your host, Lexi, and this is where we dive deep into all things health and wellness. Here we get into the wellness weeds, call out health inequities, and work towards living a more well life, all centering Black perspectives. Hey, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Well, Well, Well with me, Lexi, from LRH Wellness. Um, I'm doing something new. It's one year of LRH wellness. It's quite exciting to think of, but in that it's also really intimidating because, you know, it's time of reflection. It's time to think about what the goal is. What's the purpose? What's the goal? And wow, that's like kind of heavy. So I've been doing a lot of those things and just thinking about what I want and how to be intentional with my energy and my work and trusting that when I'm intentional and in that I am in the space that is meant for me, it will be fruitful. Now that's intimidating sometimes because like I give the example of emails. I hate writing emails. I hate writing email newsletters. I don't know what to say in writing all the time. So it's really difficult for me to do them. And you know, you go to the business blogs or whatever, and they're like, you have to have a email pan list, you have to have a weekly newsletter, blah, 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 blah. I can't do it, not my truth, not for me. So like stepping away from work that is exhausting and right now for me isn't serving me in the ways I need it to, and instead resettling and being intentional, you know, thinking about why I wanted LRH Wellness to start, why I started this business and this wellness community more so is that i want people to access wellness information i want people to be educated i want people to have access to information that is critical that many people don't have especially black and brown people and so with resettling that purpose and restructuring and thinking about the ways in which i want to serve that purpose i am doing something new so if you are watching this, welcome. If you're a podcast listener, you know, you might be like, what? what do you mean watching this? So I'm starting to film myself recording. I am not a big YouTuber. I'm not somebody who will watch YouTube videos, but I do know a lot of people like to consume their media via video and find it more engaging and more didactic. And so I want to think of those people. So for those people watching and if you're on my podcast you can just click over to the video link too it's in my instagram bio so check it out on instagram and this will also be like a um an igtv video for people who prefer that to youtube but you are in my office guest room moment and it's very yale this is my desk you see my dog duck in the background she's having a field day chewing on some toys Um, and she sits in here with me while I record because otherwise she might bark at the door or beg to get let in this room and you don't want to hear the background noise. So, you know, normally when I pause or she starts barking and stuff, I pause my recording on the podcast, but this is just going to be unedited how I go. You're going to see me take breaks. You're going to see me look at my notes that are on the left side of my screen you're going to see me ask her to stop barking sometimes or take breaks to pet her because that's a nice calming break for me. So if you are interested in seeing all those things and you are listening right now, head on over to watch the video. But if you are watching the video, thank you. Thank you for trying this out. Thank you for listening. And other than that, this is just the podcast content. So when we do have guests, you'll get the recordings of me and my guest from here on out and we'll see how it goes. We'll see what you guys think of it. But so... Today, I am going to talk to you guys about forgiveness. That's why you clicked this, right? You wanted to hear about forgiveness in your wellness, so that we're getting to that now. Don't worry. Forgiveness is hard, but we're not going to talk only about forgiving others. We're going to talk about forgiving yourself, most importantly. So forgiveness is defined by psychologists, at least. Generally, the forgiveness as a Forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Now, that doesn't mean just like forgetting, because it's really important to note that line of regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. So, we're going to talk a lot about. Why forgive? Why go into all that? Why bring up those negative emotions? Because to forgive, you have to kind of relive that experience that has made you upset. And I think, you know, there's this expectation of black women, black femmes, black female presenting people, even if you don't identify with that, to be forgiving, to turn a blind eye, to say it's okay when it's really not, to accept the bare minimum. And beyond just the bare minimum, to accept. humiliation, to accept punishment, to accept um, hurt, pain, all of those things where that same expectation isn't held for other people. And that can be exhausting. So oftentimes when we think of forgiveness, and this is the we collective black femme presenting people, it can be an exhausting thing. And the idea that there are some people who don't deserve forgiveness, but we are still expected to give it. And I think also, in general, going to full black America, there's this expectation that black Americans be forgiving to white people when that's not deserved. And you know, I'm really recalled back to, I can't even remember her name. This just like came to me. It was the white police officer who shot somebody. She thought somebody was in her apartment, but she was on the wrong floor and ended up shooting and killing a black man in Texas. His family, we forgive you, we forgive her. Hugging her at the end of the trial when she was sentenced, the judge, you know, asking to like pray over her, a black woman. That same forgiveness and leeway isn't a- allowed for black people. And I think there's, you know, a lot you can unpack there beyond forgiveness. So I'll just table that a little bit. But I want to focus on how black people are applauded for being the bigger person. We are expected also though, to be the bigger person. And that comes from histories of just being able to accept abuses and then move past them. Having to shoulder the responsibility of reintegrating this country and shoulder the responsibility of turning a blind eye to the hatred we see. And so all that's to say is forgiveness is expected of black people. And that can make it really hard to give in, in its fullness. So when we're forgiving others, we are, you know, expected to say, it's okay, or I accept your apology, or I'm not mad anymore. And you're expected to do it like that. But forgiveness doesn't always happen immediately. And I think the expectation of Black people to be forgiving immediately prevents us from getting the full benefits of forgiveness. So some psychologists in um, Australia at the University of Maguire Uni- University, they show that like forgiveness is hurtful. In the short term, forgiveness is actually really bad for your affect. In the short term, you mean like, soon after the event happens. So let's say somebody totals my car, somebody that I know totals my car. Forgiving them immediately makes me relive those really potent emotions like right after the fact. So I'm just constantly reliving this state of anger, anxiety, frustration, upsetness, distrust, all these things. But when I avoid the conflict, avoid feeling those things, and instead, you know, maybe just say, you know what, I can't think of what happened. All I can think about is what my new car will look like. Or all I can think about is this is how much I will get from the insurance. You know, kind of moving forward and then forgiving once you've taken kind of that space of like, oh, I'm going to avoid it for now. When you take that avoidance approach at first and then forgive. So what you're doing is you're giving yourself a little space from the emotion and then you come back. And you're able to forgive and get the great benefits of forgiving. Forgiving, it stops angers. It, you know, it lessens your anxiety, your stress, your resentment. And as Maya Angelou said, this is a quote from her because she is that girl. It's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself. Because when we don't forgive, we start living in anger. There's this book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe, Joe Dispenza. And... You know, this book is really about meditation, what it means to live in a different reality. And so last week, I guess it was, I talked about, or two weeks ago, sorry, I talked about changing your narrative and breaking the narrative you have in your head. And it's in line with this. So Dr. Dispenza talks about how when you live in a place of constantly reliving events, you stay in that emotional state, and he, through this book, describes how it changes your brain synapses, how you will activate your fight-or-flight system and stay in that active mode, When, especially when you're angry, right? And so you want to change that to be more positive, to be more happy, to be more calm, to be able to live in an event, confront it, and then move past. And forgiveness allows you to do that. That's a beautiful thing about forgiveness. Forgiveness is that moment for you to say this happened but i am releasing that because i cannot live in anger living in anger only harms me that person might feel guilty for a little bit they might feel guilty their whole life but what i can focus on is me because that guilt's not going to serve you think about it to all the black people listening white guilt what has it done for you I'm waiting because chances are nothing, nothing of tangible, useful, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the word, like useful life (laughs) or useful things that could provide for you, could help you better. White guilt does nothing. And so guilt in general just doesn't do anything. And, you know, while people can apologize and follow that apology up with kindness, with, you know, kind of, I guess like, uh... Like, not like a gift, like, not like money or like a thing, but like the gift of trying to improve themselves, yes, that doesn't mean you are able to receive it. If you haven't forgiven them in yourself, you won't be able to receive it. And so it's easy to tell somebody it's okay, don't worry about it, whatever, it's fine, but it's harder to mean it. And so living without forgiving others is really difficult. But what's even harder is living without forgiving yourself. And, you know, I think this is a more difficult thing to do. We get in these self-narratives. So I've I've been talking a lot about self-narratives, and I tell you I'm going to keep talking about them because I've realized that a lot of people in their wellness struggle so much with their self-narrative, they don't even know where to start with their health and wellness. So we have these self-narratives and in that, we create this reality that we're not good enough, we're failing, blah, 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 blah. And so when we mess up, or we do something that we don't think is up to par, or we think it goes with our negative self-narrative, then we're reinforcing it, we're proving it. And so instead of forgiving ourselves, saying, you know what, that's okay, I'm learning, I'm growing, I needed this mistake I needed this failure to find a new opportunity to find a new way to do things instead of having that mindset many of us feel like f this has ruined me I will not come back from this or this is the reason why I can't do XYZ so you know and this can be in work settings and this these are concepts that apply to like all the dimensions of wellness right so like forgiveness and its idea Like, in its essence, is very emotional wellness. But forgiveness translates into almost every other aspect. How do you forgive yourself when your physical wellness isn't up to par? People get really obsessive over movement, right? They start getting into a workout routine or some sort of exercise or movement routine. And when they miss a day, they get guilty. They feel bad. They can't forgive themselves. They can't give themselves grace. Forgiving yourself is just another form of grace. And it's really hard to do that when you're in a negative self-loop, when you're in a negative self-narrative. And so what I want to encourage you to do is forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. As much as we might want to be perfect, and I'm a perfectionist, I say this on the podcast again and again and again, we can't always be perfect. And that expectation of perfection, that expectation to always have it right, is really harming some of us. And so what I want you to do is forgive yourself. Give yourself grace. Think of it. Think of what in your wellness, what in your health, what in your life can you not forgive yourself for? And, you know, forgiving yourself isn't just, ah, okay, it's okay, I'm growing, whatever. It's you actually need to grow. I got the question last week of, do I always need to grow? No, you don't always need to grow. Every experience in life doesn't have to force growth. But when you're forgiving yourself, you want to work towards not having to repeat that same thing. And you'll learn a lesson thousands, millions of times, like I said last week. So, you know, you might forgive yourself and try to learn 30,000 times before you actually learn and grow. And that's okay. But forgiving yourself can't just be a, oh, I forgive myself. It's done. It can't just be like a toss away. It's okay. Like you might give somebody who, I don't know, shoves you in the grocery store or not shoves you, but like rams the cart into your ankles by accident. You know, that's really annoying. I hate that. But you know, you might, oh, it's okay. And it's like, man, it still hurts. But like, you know, hopefully, when you say it's okay, you mean it, Right? And so, obviously, you won't be able to go through this long process of avoidance and then forgiveness with yourself always, or if somebody runs you in the back of the, you know, Achilles with a shopping cart. But what you can do is take, like, mini doses of that, micro-dose it. So, let's say I am frustrated. This is a great example, actually. This was happening to me last week. I swear on everything. I have terrible chronic migraines. I've had a headache almost every day of my life since I was 10. I, in May, was prescribed a daily medication for it, and it helps, but the daily medication makes me extremely drowsy. Now, in May, when I was graduating, I was finishing my master's program. I didn't have to be up at the crack of dawn. I didn't really have much I had to do because all I had to finish was my thesis, and that was nearly done. So, I didn't really have to be awake super early. I didn't have to be super productive. And although it was hard for me because I am somebody who's most productive in those morning hours, I could deal with it. But coming here, I'm in medical school. I'm in class 9 to 5 most days. And I need to be awake. (laughs) Or I'm in class 8 to 5. I need to be awake. I need to be alert. I need to be taking notes. This is no joke. It's a lot of information. I really need to be focused. Uh, but I, I really can't deal with these headaches. It's so hard, yet yeah, I want to take, like, Excedrin every day. I don't want to take my extreme migraine medicine every day. So I'm trying to find a balance, right? So when I get back into a routine, I was here for a week, and then I started taking it by the second week. I was exhausted. I was sitting in class, falling asleep, couldn't pull it together, wouldn't wake up to my alarms, wouldn't have time to work out in the morning because I'm rushing, trying to get ready, trying to take my dog out, all that stuff. And it was really frustrating for me. But I also had to say I had to forgive myself for those missed gym days because there was no need in me living in that place of you're not taking care of your physical, you're not taking care of your physical because I was thinking physical and workout. I wasn't thinking physical and my headaches. So what I had to do was forgive myself. I had to say, I, I literally woke up one morning and I was like late on my alarm again. And what I'll do is like I'll wake up and turn my alarm clock off and be like, okay, one minute to gather myself, and then the next thing you know, I wake up an hour later. So when I woke up that hour later, I just had to sit there and say, your morning routine is thrown off. You can't go to the gym. But what can you do? And so in that moment, I forgave myself. I said, it's okay, I can't go to the gym. I am serving myself in other ways. And so, you know, instead I said, today is going to be a good day. I'm gonna still meditate, I'm gonna still eat breakfast, because I know those things will ground me and won't lead to me being so rushed and frantic this morning. Because when I start my days frantic, it really throws me off. So in that moment, I had to forgive myself. I had to step back and say, huh, this isn't isn't the day. I didn't get to the gym, but that's okay. Because I am serving myself in other ways. And so you're not always gonna serve yourself, but I give that point to say, It took me like two days. I was waking up late for like four or five days before I was able to say like, okay, it's okay. You're okay, Lexi. And so, you know, that was still over the course of days, but you know, you can do that. You don't have to resolve those feelings right away. You can take time to step away from them and then come back into them. That is what that study I was telling you guys about at the beginning was really saying. Take a step back. Let yourself calm down, let yourself digest whatever needs to be forgiven, and then come back to acknowledge the experience, but not live in it, and then move on. So how do I forgive? That's the hardest part. Only do it when you're ready. There's no need to rush that forgiveness, exactly what I was talking about. There's no need to rush it. Breathe and think what you want from that interaction, whether it's with yourself or with somebody else. What is the end goal? If you want an apology and that person's not going to give it to, the, to you, sometimes you just have to forgive them, and they might not even know it. Sometimes you want to say it's okay and them to promise to make changes, and those are okay things to verbalize, but you also have to know who you're dealing with. And so when you're apologizing to yourself and, you're, and when you're apologizing and forgiving yourself, you know, you have to think about what do you want from that forgiveness? For me, I wanted to say, I want to think of different ways of taking care of my physical health. I want to take the whole picture. I can't go one extreme where I like throw away all my morning routines of things that make me feel really safe and secure, and instead have like no headache days, because I still would have headache days. Or I would have to, like I didn't want to have to pick extremes, and I had to find the middle ground. And so that's what you want to think about when you're forgiving yourself as well. What do you want from it? What is the goal? You want to moderate your expectations. Let's get real. There are some people you will forgive and they will never say sorry. There are sometimes you will take months to forgive yourself. And that's okay. Forgiveness is for you. The second it is for the person, and this is like more so in external interactions, like when it's you and another person. The second you are forgiving them for them so they don't feel guilty anymore, you will not feel the positive aspects, the stress relieving, the being able to not live in that scenario anymore that forgiveness can offer you. So let it be for you and moderate your expectations. And just know it is, it is for you. More than anything else, it is for you. The second you stop and think that, oh, this is just for them so they don't feel guilty, da 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 You'll lose all the wonderful things that forgiveness can give you. And I wish somebody had told me that when I was a lot younger. And also recognizing that you can forgive somebody or forgive yourself with never doing that again or for yourself or never talking to that person again. Sometimes people, you must forgive so you can move past it. And that might mean them not being in your life. Or that might mean that behavior you're forgiving yourself for needs to go. Maybe it needs to go. So this is what I think about forgiveness. I know it's a lot to think about. Forgiveness is really, really hard. It's not easy. It's a practice. You will need to practice. But think of it as part of that changing your narrative. What is serving you? All right, y'all. Stay tuned after this break. I'll be right back. Let's be honest, wellness is hard, but it doesn't need to be. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're looking for ways to approach your wellness that accounts for the wholeness of you. I'm excited to announce to my listeners that I'm launching Accountable, a one-on-one wellness coaching program with me, Lexi, the founder of LRH Wellness and host of Well, Well, Well. As your coach and wellness champion, I will work to create a tailored program that will guide you to achieving your wellness goals Sign up today for a free consultation while spots remain. Okay, we are back. Now it's time for your wellness tip of the week. So we're going to talk about taking a true day of rest. I have always done this, even in college, and people were, like, shocked by how I did this. I always take one day off. And this is, like, different when you're in school, or because like school you know you have work on the weekends some jobs like you never have to work on the weekends great love you people stick with it teach me how to get a job like yours because all this school I've never had a weekend off <laughs> but I always take one day of the week off completely I I will do no work none and I I truly believe taking a true day of rest, whatever that means. So, like, for me on my day of rest, like, I'll go grocery shopping, check out the mall, like, kind of do, like, fun errands. Like, I like to grocery shop. I like to think about what I want to eat for the week. I like to go on hikes. I like to go outside and make sure I get a long workout in, go to the farmer's market. Those types of things are, like, really nice for me to do on my day off and just not stress about work. We all get in those days where we want to take rest, but we only half rest, so we, like, kind of aren't productive at all but we're also not rested because we're stressed the whole time, yeah, those days, not good for us. Not good for our wellness, not good for us, our truth, what we need to get done, not good for our productivity. It's just kind of low-key a waste of day because you're stressed out, you're not rested, and you didn't do any work. Instead, I really try, and obviously I still have those days, but I really try to take a true day of rest. That is what grounds me. And so not everybody will have the privilege of being able to just say like this day I carve out so I do nothing and then I can work the days behind it or like I get ahead on other things. People have kids, people have shift work where they just can't miss a shift. I encourage you then to find a block of time in your week, four or five hours that you just reserve for you. Reserve that time to do the things that bring you joy, whether it's bake, whether it's sit and watch TV, whether it's just to read, nap, go outside, whatever you want, whatever will make you feel rejuvenated. I encourage you to take that time because that is when you're really gonna feel the benefits of resting, relaxing. These short spurts of rest in our go, 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 go society, they don't work. They don't do anything for you. Let's get real. They don't do anything for you. Those 20-minute naps, You feel good so you can do another, what, two hours of work? How do you wake up the next morning? Yeah, I went there. But really, think about it. You know, taking that full day of rest or half day, whatever you can budget out in your time, taking that time for rest. As I have come into medical school, you know, everybody says it's going to be hard. It's hard. It's hard here. It's hard in medical school. And so, you know, right now I'm in my EMT block, so it's honestly not that difficult. It's like a high school class plus. So we start like our actual foundation classes at the end of the month um, or beginning of September. And everybody keeps warning us of how it's going to be hard, how you're going to be stressed, yada, yada, yada. I've accepted I will not be stressed. Beyond the stress required to complete the courses and pass them and do well in them, I will not let This ruined my wellness. How can I be a provider that is unwell, you know? And so taking rest is part of that for me. Knowing that I will not respond to emails from Friday afternoon until Sunday evening, that's great for me. I might do work on Sunday, but, like, you're not going to hear from me on email. And also knowing that the world doesn't collapse. I don't respond to an email Everybody's okay. (laughs) And so taking that day of rest and not letting others take away from that too. Not letting others tell you you're lazy, being unproductive. No, 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 no. Having moments, having peace, time for yourself, blocked out, carved out, things you know are for you makes you more productive, if that's what you care about, in the times you're working. So... Take that day of rest. That is the wellness tip this week. Now it's time for your wellness question of the week. So the wellness question I received is, what do I do if part of my wellness routine is not helping me in the way it used to? Great question. Your wellness routine won't always serve you. What works for you now might not work for you in two months, might not work for you in two days, it might not work for you in five years. That's okay. Wellness is dynamic. Your wellness is not stagnant, it never will be stagnant. What works now will not always work. Completely natural. We all need to get off of this idea of if I do these three healthy things for the rest of my life, I'm great, no. Your wellness is not stagnant as the world changes, environment changes. Think of like, think of skin, right? Your skincare routine. It will change throughout your life because hormones change, life events change, stress changes, right? And on top of that, you have an environment that's changing around you, global warming, right? carbon emissions, if you read that massive climate change report, it's just not looking good. But environment changes. You move from high altitude to low altitude. You move from city to rural. You move into the city. You're dealing with the pollution. Your skin changes. And so you have to adapt your skin routine. Your holistic wellness is the same way. Life changes. Environments change. The things around you change. And so what will serve you now? doesn't necessarily mean it will serve you in the future. Be flexible. So if it's a part of your wellness routine, like, you know, exercise, movement. I keep using that example today. I don't know why. That's just what's on my mind, my heart, whatever. Your exercise workout routine isn't serving you. You're over it. You feel frustrated. You feel like you're not getting the gains or you're not getting the benefits that you want. Changing it doesn't mean stopping it. It might just mean maybe you're going at a different time now. Maybe you're trying different forms of training, different forms of movement. Maybe you've been on a walking program for about four years now and you're, like, ready to run. Or maybe you've been a massive runner and you can't do that anymore. Maybe it's time for you to switch to biking. Or maybe it's time to, to try a dance class. You know, thinking of ways to adjust your routine, that doesn't completely change it. You don't always have to do such extreme things, right? Simple shifts and changes can make a really big deal, big difference. So with that, try and just change small aspects. And if you're realizing that like, you need a full overhaul, sit down and really think about why. What parts of my routine are serving me and why are these parts not serving me anymore? It's completely okay if they don't, but just start getting into the habit of checking in, thinking about it. Alright y'all, thank you for that great question and thank you for listening to another episode of Well 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 and watching it if you're watching. I'm excited to see how this is received and hopefully you guys want more of these. See ya. Thanks for listening to another episode of Well 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 by LRH Wellness. If you found this podcast helpful or it resonated with you, make sure you like, subscribe, share and give it a five star rating. Check out lrhwellness.com to see available wellness programs and consider supporting work. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.